Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every Nars? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Head cannon. Head cannon. Head cannon. Welcome to Head Cannon. On tonight's show, we've got a couple very special guests. Uh, Mookie Harris, Kelsey Van Voorst, how are you doing? So good. Hi. Doing well. <laughs> good. Yeah, we're just living the dream. <laughs> we're here in a house that we bought. That we stole from some people. Yeah. No, just ran them off. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Man, that squatter's rights thing is for real. It's the <laughs> best. It's hard it to kick those folks out. Fishers is built on this. Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, we just moved in here in July mm -hmm. uh, and, and and really liking it. Yeah. Congrats. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Yeah, that's my we, – we, the house we're in now, this is the first house that, like, I've – bought that i'm not renting or whatever you know and we we bought it in i think 2017 and that's uh man buying a house is a whole ordeal like that's a whole thing you know it's insane yeah. and especially like now like as soon as you go and see a house and you you kind of like it then you have to buy it like <laughs> or it's gone yeah there's yeah. no time to like sit and yep. waffle back and forth and be like well it doesn't have this thing like if you go and look at it and you're like yeah that'll do then you you have to buy it. Right. You have to yeah. put in an offer like half an hour later. Right. Yeah, that's you have wild. to like, aggressively put an offer in on things. Yeah. Because like, we looked at, we were, we were thinking about selling our house, and my cousin is a real estate agent. So she put me on one of those like email lists where like it, it picks and chooses exactly the filter that you want of a kind of house. And right. She'll send that email out, and then like two hours later, you click on a house, and it's like it's gone. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, fucking housing market. <laughs> and when shit breaks, man, if you're a homeowner, you don't have you know, you're not calling some dirty landlord. Right. Right. Exactly. Hey, come over and fix your water heater. Right. No. <laughs> no, it's no. Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. <laughs> we call someone to fix it for us. <laughs> yeah. Or or you just have to do like the half-assed job yourself. That that's yeah. probably not any better than the landlord would have done, but you know. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh! In the last apartment we were in, they. They fixed stuff like the, the dishwasher kept leaking, and it, it like they would fix it, but then they wouldn't not fix it. And I feel like I could have done if I had really like taken the time to figure out what was wrong with it. I could have fixed it much better mm -hmm. than they yeah. ever did. A lot 
the times it was, uh, they'd send the guy over and we'd say, yeah, sometimes it runs just fine. And then other times it leaks all over the floor. And he'd go, well, let me take a look. And he'd turn it on and go, well, it's not leaking now. <laughs> oh. Right. Dude, we're not trying to like scam you into getting a new dishwasher <laughs> or getting a new friend. Like, right. we, right. <laughs> I don't know you. Right. <laughs> well, if you I, and I don't know, like this could be a, a a made up. I don't know if this is a real thing. It could just be something somebody designed to like be funny, you know. But I saw a text message that like somebody texted their landlord and it's like, "Hey, my hot water's out. Can you guys can you come fix it?" And it's like, "Oh, well, can you send us a picture of the problem?" And it's like just a picture of running water. It's like it's it's like this, but it's but it's, it's cold. Like it's not hot. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like this, but the water is not hot. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> but uh, but no. So we get we know you guys. We were talking a little bit uh, before we started about uh, you know, our history. Mine and Brent's doing improvisational comedy. How we how we started doing that. How we fell in love with that. And then, and that's how we met you guys, just through Comedy Sports Indianapolis. Correct. Yeah. And then, so, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, it, it's been years ago, but I couldn't tell you what years ago. No, no. Let's see. I, I moved up to Indianapolis in, I probably, I think I started doing stuff at Comedy Sports in about 2008, I think. That's when I started. Would be the year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So 2008 to about 2015, and I know Brent was already up there doing stuff when I when I moved up there. Maybe maybe six maybe six months maybe. That's what I was thinking. Like it wasn't long before Brent's friend Corey came into the picture. No. Uh, but I knew that I knew Brent first solo. Yeah. I like to like uh, mark my time at Comedy Sports by what jerseys we had yeah. at the time. <laughs> to be like, was that the softball jersey era? Or was that, yeah. were those the soccer jerseys that were a little too tight? Like, right. Like, right. Yeah. No, yep. That was yeah. the button up softball jersey. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I was, uh, I moved around a lot as a kid. Well, my whole family did. It wasn't just me. <laughs> yeah. uh, sure. It was that movie that Elijah Wood movie. Yeah. Around. North. Yeah. <laughs> a little bindle on my shoulder. Uh, but I remember I, I joined a new school in, in middle school, seventh grade. And, man, there was like a strict, if if you are cool, you're going to wear Nikes, Adidas, or Puma. And that is it. And your jeans you're either going to go Levi or you're going to go with like something uh, fancy. And this was like the designer jeans era. Uh-huh. So you're going to have some Calvin Klein's or some Jordash perhaps. <laughs> Jordash? Jordash. Jordash made <laughs> jeans back then. So it came with like a sub in the pocket. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Why is it so hot? It's hot. So I went to the store with my mother like, like back to school clothes shopping and I'm looking at shoes and I'm like this close to picking out a pair of Nikes. And then out of the corner of my eye, I spotted these, these shoes and they were like old school, like Saucony jazz type sneakers, but they were made by Levi's. Okay. 
and they were like Levi's denim, Ew. and and then the suede part was tan, and then they had like orange stitching all over, and the little Levi's tag. That's and I was wild. like, wait a minute, this serves two purposes, because Levi's are cool, and these are shoes. <laughs> I'm going to be the coolest kid in school. <laughs> that, that did not work out. No. <laughs> and, that's, uh, and that's when you that's had to discover improv comedy as a way to redeem yourself. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Correct. <laughs> well, I guess I better be funny. Mm. Yeah. Right. How do you, can we go, I want to go um, ask both of you kind of how you got into improv comedy and what your, you know, what the start was and, and your tra- trajectory there. I'd be interested to, to hear about. Yeah. Uh, all my friends in school did theater, and I wanted to do theater, but I can't sing or dance. Uh, <laughs> so I uh, saw a, a tryout for comedy sports at my high school. I started off in the high school league. Um, so my last two years, my junior and my senior year, I was in the high school league. Nice. And then when I graduated, they just let me continue. <laughs> I didn't really have to like audition re-audition for the professional league downtown. I just kept doing it. Nice. Yeah. Just so you were a walk-on to use sports parlance. Right? Exactly. <laughs> um, the, the high school league was my, it was the training camp or the, what is like in baseball? It's a, the minor league. Minor yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you were the, the player from the minors who just shows up at the major league stadium one day. Like, I'm ready. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here, guys. Like 300 bucks. <laughs> right? Yeah, they just let me. Is it, maybe it's because I'm a girl. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, um, I was in college at uh, North Carolina State University. Ooh, Woo! And uh, <laughs> I had done some theater uh, to some extent. But separate from that, I was a, a funny person who my friends were always like, you should do stand-up. Because in Raleigh, North Carolina, back then, there was no improv. Like, whose line is it anyway? If you stayed up late and watched uh, BBC reruns, <laughs> you might catch it. I right. had never seen it at that point. Mm-hmm. And I tried my hand to stand-up uh, a couple times and flopped terrible and my best friend had had tried as well and he was like a little better but we're walking across the nc state campus one day and there's a a telephone pole with uh posters stapled all over it and one of them says free improv work i'm sorry free comedy workshop they're like oh a comedy workshop cool we could use that and we went to it and it turned out to be a workshop but also kind of an audition for a comedy sports troupe that they were just forming. Oh, in okay. Rome. Nice. And uh, and so we both got in that way, and that was like the first I had heard of improv, especially as its own performance piece. Mm-hmm. And this was in the 1800s. This, this was. <laughs> yeah, what year was that? This was 1989. Okay, nice. <laughs> um, and then uh, I stayed in Raleigh, playing with comedy sports uh, for a long time and left in 2000, um, sorry, 99, moved to Chicago and uh, 
took Second City classes, but never performed with company sports there. Um, and then to Indy in 2002. Nice. And that's where I met all of you. <laughs> nice. I think, I know this was after Brent and I had, we'd been doing stand-up, or sorry, improv for a long time. But I remember there was a period of time where we we took we tried our hand at stand up and we 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 would drive up to Indianapolis and go to either Crackers or I feel like there were a couple places we'd go. Yeah, Funny Bones. yeah Crackers Funny Bones. was right Funny there. Bones. Um, Funny Bones. The there's other a one. place up here on the north side that I can't think of the name of that I know a lot of a lot of people that I knew in improv. Like it still exists. Still exists. No. Oh, okay. It didn't last long. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's because Brent and I like tore it down. We just like brought the house down, and they were like, and then we stopped performing no more. there. Yeah, no and, more. Done. <laughs> yeah. No, but we, I, yeah, I don't think it wasn't my thing either at the time. At least I didn't, I didn't really, I just preferred improv to it, and it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. And then I remember, I think one of the last times I was going up there to perform, I had signed up, and I think maybe even paid a little fee to be to be in like a little uh, tournament or some kind like a okay. competition. And then a bunch of my coworkers at Pizza Hut, because we were all like kind of tight and, and would hang out, they were going to drive up to Indianapolis with me and come watch. And it was like, it was like the it was like one thing after, I think I got pulled over for speeding and then my boss was driving and all my coworkers were with him and his car broke down. So they ended up like, they ended up not going because he just like got stranded. And then I showed up and I think this was all, yeah, this was all the same time. I, I, so I went up and I was like, I'm here to do the thing. And they're like, oh, are you 21? And I was under 21 at the time. I was like, no. And they're like, oh, this is a bar. You have to be 20. I was like, I've, I've done stand-up. Like I have done stand-up here multiple times. And like, so, so then I, I didn't even perform. And I was like, man, fuck this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. No doubt. What a crazy quest. Yeah. yeah, but you're, right? you're supposed to be able to like be able to perform at a bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know what the fuck they were on. I, you know, it might have just been some like inflated ego bouncer I was talking to. I don't remember, you know. Yeah. Right. Like, no, stand up is like I respect people who can do it well. Yeah, because it's a whole different energy. Yeah. Like I think people outside of um, improv and stand up think that they're both kind of. You, if you could do one, you can do the other. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. Um, but but I've always described it as like stand up is like playing classical music, where you, you have to hit every note just right uh, every time. Mm-hmm. And improv is more like jazz, where you just like I know your abilities, your abilities, your abilities, and that allows me to just do whatever I want as long as I come back to that framework. Uh, and, and and support you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I like that analogy. Yeah. I like that. I usually, you know, what I what I tell people when they have trouble kind of discerning, you know, I I, I, t- I usually just say like improv is much closer to acting than it is to stand up. Like it's it's, yeah. it's much more on this side of the spectrum than it is yeah, 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 like for sure. you know, just like the stand up delivery performance, you know, kind of thing. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always try to, when uh, when I'm describing playing comedy sports or doing improv or anything like that, I, I always try to make sure that I say, um, 
I'm an improv comedy actor or I do mm. improv comedy acting. Mm -hmm. Just just to throw that in there because if you just end on comedy, oh. that's all they hear. Right. Oh, you're a comedian. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, you know what? I, I saw um, uh, stand up at the improv on uh, TV oh, the other yeah, night. The and man, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, the improv. Oh, that's hella confusing that's for people. stupid. Yeah. Yeah, they need yeah, to change the name of that place. What the hell? Club called the stand up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, really mix it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go watch some improv at the stand up. I'm like, what? <laughs> the stand up. <laughs> yeah, and I know I'm, I'm interested in what. So, what's your? Because I kind of have a default response when people are like. Oh, you're a comedian. Tell me a joke. Do you know perform for me, no. monkey? Uh, what 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 do you do? Do you guys have like set responses for that? Because I know I do, though. Uh, I think the way that people approach it is like, oh, you do comedy. Uh, what kind of jokes do you tell? And I'm like, then I kind of dive into like, well, actually, I do improv, so I don't really know what I'm going to say every night. Uh, blah blah blah. But if they just say, tell me a joke. Then, I mean, my favorite dumb joke, I just do a dad joke, but my favorite one is, uh, what do you call a bear with no teeth? Oh, I've heard this one. A uh, gummy bear. Gummy bear, that's right. Yeah. It's yeah. my favorite one. That's a good like, one. Ha -ha, and I'm like, but that's not what I do. But that has nothing to do with it. Right. <laughs> that little, like, nugget of what they asked for, and then I crush their dreams and say, I don't do any of that. Right. <laughs> I don't. I don't tell people. <laughs> that works and yeah i always put it i remember i um i was trying to become a teacher i remember i i talked to john colby on facebook and was like hey man should i put comedy sports on my resume and he was like oh yes he was like yes absolutely and he gave me reasons why and and it got it got that conversation going in the interview you know how like you want to you want to keep it going yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. In the interview and so it, it always would happen like at the very end of the interview for teacher jobs to be like, hey, I noticed that you did. It can always be like the principal, because right. I'm a teacher. The principal would be like, hey, I'm, you know, because that, that's the kind of personality a principal is. I noticed yeah. improv comedy. And, and my go to line was always like, I never knew if I should put it on the resume or not. But then I would say, blah, blah, blah. Like what, you know, like, you know, why it would be important to, you know, I think on my feet. Yeah. yeah, quick learner. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm really like, I'm really like approachable to students and stuff, and, and it, it really helped. But like, that would also lead to the inevitable because it would then kind of leak out amongst coworkers. Yeah. So like, I have students that now come and they're like, "Hey, I heard you're a stand-up comedian." <laughs> you know, and it, it just seems too cheesy to me to like correct them. So I'm like, "Yeah, I used to do some uh, improv or do comedy improv, improv comedy downtown or whatever." Right. You're like you're like I don't I don't do that anymore, kid. I promise. Yeah, I swore I'd never do it again. As, in life. as like I'm slowly pushing the drawer that's got like my neatly folded comedy sports jersey in it. I'm like pushing it. Right. That was exactly. another life. It's got blood on it. Right. If there's a good chance it might. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. I I got hurt real bad a couple times. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> you, I remember Brent, oh my God. Brent yeah. ran, Brent uh, ran right into Ed. <laughs> there was one time Brent like smashed his face into Ed's chest. I remember. Oh, it was his. It was his um, 
no, we we smashed like legs, and I hit. Yeah, you're right. I hit my I hit my face on his chest really hard, and it, I heard bells. But my foot hit his shin where he said that it like chipped his <gasps> shin bone or something like that. He said I, I could feel a piece like something's in there. Oh, they, they were like yeah, they, like they were collided. They were both running through a curtain at the back of the house at the same we time. We met at the curtain like at the exact moment. Yep. Oh, yep. no. It was bananas. And I, it was during the game Five Things. Yeah. Oh, and sure. I was I was the guesser. and Which is always frenetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I barely remember. I, I, well, I don't remember. Of course, I don't remember what I said or whatever. But I remember not remembering a lot of what had happened after the fact. It was weird. Wow. It was weird. That and is then, of course, we, we treated that stage like it was a fucking, like, WrestleMania event. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. My, my worst uh, experience, like, injury-wise, I feel like I'm lucky that I, I wasn't, like, really, really injured. Yeah. But it involved that curtain. Uh, we were playing the game of uh, Blind Date, mm-hmm. and I was the waiter. So I'm clued in on both uh, people on the date. I, they've got to guess who the other one is and where they are. I've just got to guess where I am and, and I know their identities. And it became clear to me that we, we were in Metropolis. <laughs> and so, like, uh, I knew we were getting close to time. And so I brought out some food and went, uh, folks, if you need anything else, uh, my friend Brian will be able to help you. As for me, I must go. And I, uh, like took off a pair of glasses and went in one curtain. And then I was going to like fly out the other curtain uh-huh. and, and just kind of like jump out. When I did, my foot caught that curtain that hung way too low. Right. And I, I went horizontal <laughs> and I, I cleared the stage and I landed on the concrete floor out in front of it, knee first, just like crack. And the whole, what Brent's face is doing right now is the entire crowd. And, and this was like right after the referee had said, you have 30 seconds. And I, I was just like, there was so much pain going on. And all I could do was like lift myself up and go, don't watch me, watch them. And I got back down. I was like, I don't want to be the focus of attention right now. Right, don't look at me. Don't look at my pain. <laughs> don't look at my pain. But yeah, I, I expected like, well, that's it. My kneecap's done. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's... No. Just a bruise? Just a big bruise. Yeah. I've had a, I've had a couple. There was one, 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 one time in particular, I, I don't know what I was doing, but I fell... It was in the scene and I, I like intentionally fell, but I, I like whipped my legs around too hard and they both collided right on the edge of the stage. And I was like, I was certain I had brought, I was like, well, I broke something. Something like something is definitely broken in there. And I stood yeah, up. We're going to stretch her out and people are going to laugh thinking it's part of the show. Right. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Right, right. So I like, so I, so I jump up because I don't want, you know, I don't want to seem injured. So I was like, well. If it's broken or something, I'll deal with it later. I got to finish this scene. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so I finished the scene and then like gradually the pain wore off over the course of the night. But, I, you know, there was a moment there where I was like, well, I, I finally fucked something up pretty badly. <laughs> so Right. Uh, 
Gross. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would come home at night after doing like up to three shows every now and then. Right. And just and just be like just be sore. It was like the movie The Wrestler, where like he's like had staples in his back yes. and shit. I'm just like, oh, I don't have to be funny anymore. Oh, thank goodness, I don't have to be funny anymore. Yes, yeah. just sit at home. Yes, yeah. like soak in an ice bath. Yeah, yeah. You, you and know. also much like in The Wrestler, uh, that guy wasn't getting paid much either. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yes. We all put our bodies through this stuff for like. Yeah, pennies. Yeah, we kept the show going for our twelve dollars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but and, you know, and free soda. And free soda. Yeah, yep. But you know, you know who doesn't have to go home after a show and get in an ice bath? Who's that? Stand-up comedians. Oh, Stand- right. No, no, none yeah. of that. None of that. Yeah. <laughs> Soft. But I know I did the uh, when I took because I I got a new job in. I think it was probably 2018. And so, like, now I sell uh, computers. Basically, I sell Dell servers, right? Um, okay. And so I've been doing this for about three years. And and I know for a fact that, like, putting improv on my resume and specifically putting uh, accents under my skills was, was part – because I had no experience with any anything having anything to do with the industry I'm in right now. Nothing. Um so they just called me in, and the and the one of the guys was like, "Oh yeah, my roommate does stuff at Second City too." Um, so we thought you might be funny, and we wanted to get you in. And so we had a good interview, but the main thing they were like, "Oh, uh, can you do a British accent? Do one for Dan when he comes back. Do a British accent because he lived in Britain in, in England for a while." And I was like, "Okay." So he comes back, and I was like, "Oh, thank you. It's oh jolly good. I had a great interview." Blah blah, you know. And and Dan is just looking at me like. What the fuck, man? But the but the other guys, these other sales guys were like, holy shit, that's hilarious. That's the funniest thing. You're doing a British accent right to his fucking face. And I was like, uh, that, oh, my God. <laughs> and so I, I got had the job. happened to me recently. Uh, we were just in uh, a friend's wedding, and we, it was the day of the wedding, and we were uh, taking, taking, taking pictures, and it was very long. But we were taking pictures. And I had just come out of the, the, I was one of the bridesmaids. I had just come out of like the bridal chamber or whatever. And one of the groomsmen goes, that's a, is, that, is that what it's called? It's called, the, that's where the bridesmaids get ready. The bridal chamber. Okay, nice. Yes. But nice. I just come out and they were like, Kelsey, do a transatlantic accent. I was like, what? Like this was out of nowhere. Like we were not talking about like dialects or anything. We were not talking about transatlantic accents, but I just come out. They're like, Kelsey, do your trans transatlantic accent they said you're transatlantic not that i've got one that i do all the time but like i can tell you where this came from really uh yeah because i was over in the boy chamber uh, <laughs> that's what it's called right right yeah um and uh something came up about accents and all this and we were talking about like how people used to talk and that led to uh somebody using the phrase transatlantic accent and People were like, what's that? And we're like, oh, it's like Catherine Hepburn and, and that whole era and, mm-hmm. and uh, sports reporters from back then. Yeah. Right. Things like that. And yeah. somebody said, uh, Kelsey does a really good one because <laughs> and and what they linked it with was uh, you doing Moira Rose from oh, Shit's Creek. But that's not oh, okay. Trans- it's not, but they kind of associated it. Okay, that. okay. That's, <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I do 
I do do a very good Moira Rose. But oh, no. I can, I hear, can I hear a transatlantic accent? Transatlantic <laughs> is like, uh, now I'm gonna like fuck it up. Like that's okay. Oh hey darling, why don't you go and get me a spritzer? Like, Come <laughs> okay. upstairs and see me sometime. <laughs> nice. Yeah, like uh, JFK was it, it more was, Boston, right? But, but he was yeah. very much like that. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of a Boston. Uh, like Boston I person. like drinking beer, but I like drinking whiskey too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, but it's pretty yeah. much a dead accent now. Oh, and it's completely yeah. like man-made. Like it became a thing because of the film and radio industry like it's not the way that people actually talk right it was a designed dialect for for a thing it's right. not like, like newspaper reporters and stuff like yeah hey, right. y'all, hey so why don't you get that go down to the zoo and get that new uh the, mu- 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 the monkey story yeah. <laughs> right yeah you know mm-hmm. you know i somebody shared a video recently of uh it was like a, a Chicago mobster in like the 30 or 40s, and he was calling a guy, threatening him because he didn't have his money or something. I forget where I came. I just came across this on social media or something. But it was again, it was like an accent that you don't you don't really hear anymore, and it was that old timey Chicago accent, which is like a kind of like a oh like a Fargo, you know, Wisconsin type accent, but with like a a, a Chicago city. So it's like I can't. I don't even know if I could do it, but he's like, uh, you know. Bring me back my money, or I'll fucking. Now that's even more Scottish. But it was this weird accent that you don't, you, you don't really even hear anymore. And it was like a Wisconsin accent married with like almost a New Yorker accent. And it, okay, okay. It was like both. You know, kind of like how Cajun. For me, when I do a Cajun accent, I do like a Southern accent and then put French on it, and that's right, like a Cajun. Right. But th- this was like a marriage of Wisconsin and like a New Yorker accent was what this guy sounded okay. like. You know. <laughs> um, oh my god we were so cajun accents to me are not real like i don't think anybody like has a legitimate cajun accent however when we were in disney a few years ago um we were uh waiting in line for something and there was a guy standing behind us and he he had a, a cajun accent and nice. i was like <gasps> like full-on like full-on gambit from the x-men Yes. Oh my god! Yes. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> nice. like a, a real human being was talking like that. That's awesome. It was the best. I would, I would love to hear. You know, I, yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard that uh, in the wild. I would love to. It's, no. like see, it's like seeing a license plate from Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not real. Yeah. yeah. You didn't, didn't drive here. <laughs> right. Yeah. How'd that even get here? Right. All right. Well, you know, I feel like uh, we should maybe talk about the movie a little bit because I just noticed that we have not at all. Okay, fair. Uh, It's one of my favorite spooky movies. And when you guys asked, I was like, so my favorite genre of horror movie are possession films. I love a good possession flick. Nice. Um, Maybe not even a good one. I love the shitty ones. She does. True. I love them so much. And uh, you, I saw that you had, you sent me the ones that you had already done, mm-hmm. and The Exorcism of Emily Rose is one of my it's like top favorite for me. <laughs> so I had to think of another one. I was like, oh fuck, yeah. I already watched this one. Okay, and I was like, The Conjuring. And I just listened to a podcast. Uh, there's a pod, not this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's let's be clear. Kelsey does not listen to this podcast, and neither right. should neither. Should. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm always like on road trips. I'm like, hey, you want to put on? No. A- 
no, put on that one about stand-up comedians. Called, um, and that's why we drink. And half of it is paranormal stuff, and half of it is true crime. Mm. Nice. And uh, the, the episode I listened to most recently was about the history. It wasn't spooky or supernatural, but it was the history of Ed and Lorraine Warren, the the, the two people from The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. And they had such an amazing, interesting story. And it's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. It, yeah, and, they're, and, they're, and, I, and I'd heard about them because I... We talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but I, I think I've watched this movie before, or maybe you know maybe I watched it when it first came out and I fell asleep or something because when I was okay. re-wa- when I was rewatching it I was like a lot of this looks familiar, but then as I got toward the end of the movie I was like no no I don't know like I don't think I've seen this yet so <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah it was definitely uh, interesting and I, I watched something with. Lorraine, because she just passed away a couple years ago, right? Right. Like 2019. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the real one. The real Lorraine Warren, yeah. But I, I saw a video with her, uh, I think when they filmed that movie. So it was just a few years before she died. She would have been in her mid to late 80s. And she was, she was like showing the museum that they actually have with all the haunted stuff in there. And all this weird, uh, you know supernatural paraphernalia that they that they have in the museum it was fucking pretty cool so yeah i can imagine it's so interesting and uh i don't i don't believe a word of it but i am (laughs) in like i tell me everything about it and this was the i didn't know this going into watching the conjuring the first time uh but as a kid like the first horror movie that really scared me not just like oh there's a jump scare right but like oh now i can't sleep uh was the amityville horror okay yeah and that was based on something that the warrens were involved with as well Mm -hmm. and i didn't realize that there was that connection and that these were like real people who did this a lot Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's pretty wild yeah and and not only that they're real people that did this in real life but how much and and probably before the conjuring nobody would really knew unless you really dug deep into it. But yeah, like a lot of horror movies, like you said, the Amityville horror and the fucking 75 sequels, it spawned. Uh, yeah. Know, yeah, exactly. Came, yeah. came from the work that the Warrens had done. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought I it, heard something that the, so the conjuring franchise, which is like, so it's got all three, it's got, it's a, it's got all three Conjuring movies. Mm-hmm. It's got the Annabelle movie. Right. It's got which is also a trilogy. The Nun. Uh-huh. It also includes La Llorona, which is the like the the Mexican demon one. Yeah. And then there's another one I'm forgetting. Was there an Annabelle two? Like there, there were three of them. Okay, so there's three Annabelle movies. There's three Conjuring movies. Like it is the highest grossing horror franchise in history. And they now consider the first Hulk to be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, and, I, and I, you know, and I was, I was looking at some of it cause I think the conjuring was like 20 million to make something like that. But, yeah. but, a, but a lot of these movies are like nine, 10, maybe 15 million million dollars to make. And then they make 200, 300, $400 million. And so, you know, they don't make as much as, you know, maybe like a Marvel blockbuster. They're not making a billion dollars. But the return on investment, like, they're, you know, because they'll spend one or two or $300 million to make a Marvel movie. These movies, yep. they're only dropping like $10 million and they're making like 30 times their money back, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. 
they're so good. I guess people love them. People people love spooky stuff. Yeah, and those are like, I feel like movies like that keep Redbox in existence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah, for sure. Well, um, this... we just got back from a vacation beginning of last month uh, down to North Carolina, and we spent some time on the coast. I didn't realize until looking at stuff today. Uh, the Conjuring was mostly filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, and now I wish we had gone and checked out that house. Oh man, that yeah. would have been so cool. That would have been great. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta go back. <laughs> go back. Well, I heard there was there was like a lawsuit or something about like the owners of that house sued the production company because people were going and like vandalizing the house because it was oh. you know so they were like spray painting it and shit. So they like sued the the production company. They're like. This is your fault. <laughs> wow. See, that's just dumb. Like, if if you're a kid in Wilmington, instead of, like, going and spray painting, like, uh, cock and balls on it, right? go act like a ghost. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, spray paint an upside-down cock and balls. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. That, wasn't, that wasn't the actual house, though. No, no, no. But, <laughs> like... But, like yeah. Make them feel like they live in a haunted house. Right. <laughs> you know, there was, because I grew up in, in Bloomington, Indiana, right? Yeah. And so a lot of the surrounding areas like Brown County or, or you know, down by Lake Monroe, is there's like a lot of forest. There's a lot of woods around Bloomington, right? Yeah. And I remember there was uh, our friend, Brent, our friend Jordan Owens, who's been on the show before. I know it was, I was with him and a few other guys and s- somewhere out in this forest, you drive to a spot and you park your car and then you walk into the woods for a while and you come to this old abandoned cemetery, right? It's like an old timey cemetery that's overgrown and not in use anymore. Yes. And like right in the middle of it, there's like this big dead stump and there was some, some kind of urban legend with it where if you went and, there was some way to conjure a witch. I don't remember what it was, but if you went to this stump and did a certain thing, like a witch, you would summon a witch and she would haunt you, right? You all had like pee on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That might have been it. That might have been it. Inside of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what we did was we went and we, you know, we walked to the woods and we found this cemetery and we walked to the stump in the middle and then. Uh, we opened all of the Taco Bell that we had gotten, and we all we ate Taco Bell on the stump of this of this tree in the cemetery. Just, it was I feel it was very disrespectful to the witch. I feel you know. But, <laughs> well, I'm sure you shared a little. Oh right, you dropping cheese in the stump, you know. Yeah, yeah. we always lose some of that cheese when yeah. we open up a Taco uh, Bell taco. <laughs> you know, though, you you. You may not have escaped uh, unscathed because, right. uh, uh, as as Patrick Wilson said, a ghost is like gum, and they stick to your shoe, and you'll take them home with you. Yeah, you might have one right. We might see something pop up behind you right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I loved about this movie is that there were rules. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, giving you a little extra rules in these like in these possession movies. You know, like for that, yeah, totally like the gum thing. You can't just like leave your house because like it's gonna follow you, right? Yeah. There's right. the whole idea of like infestation first, and then oppression, and then finally like possession. I love that in that um 
that oppression um, situation where it's like it's it's the 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 demon or whatever is is breaking you down mentally so that it yes. can like, yeah, like enter you, right? Of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're exactly right. Like, and, and the way that um, Patrick Wilson's Warren character, so he plays it so real that I feel like a lot of actors would have gone a little hammier and been like, the rules are grave and they're this and this, <laughs> and he's just like. No, I'm used to this stuff. And so, like, you got to play by these rules, like this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And it was so believable as part of the world he lives in. Yeah. It was almost like like clinical, right? Like an analytical uh, approach. Yes. To, yeah. I like that there was, like, a whole, like, they were a part of a university aspect to it. And they have, like, <laughs> right. seminars. Well, right? yeah, I feel like that was one of the ways in this podcast I listened to about their history. Like, they would – they did a university circuit and they would like go to different do talks. And that's, that's how they made most of their money because when yeah. they, when they like uh, assisted with hauntings and things like that, or were consultants on things, they didn't ask for money for them. They was yeah. of their, their free. Yeah. Like, right. They, they, they would do those like seminars. Free. And I thought that like in the fifties and sixties, like there probably wasn't like much accountability and they probably just make like a, le- a lot of people just like do these like weird seminars, right? <laughs> people right, these right. scientists who are like, "It's just a new vitamin to help you study and improve and, and improve humanity." I think we'll call this LSD. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like these square kids with like the the continental accent, you know, like, wait, what do you mean? It's the magical cure-all. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Help me do math better. That's that's bananas. <laughs> you know what? Watching this does kind of make me want to like maybe at some point you know my kids are all in school right now, but they're start they're, they're like my oldest is fifteen, so they're starting to get to the age where like. They're going to start, like, leaving the house. You know, within the next 10 years, like, you know, they're going to be moving on. But so this kind of makes me – because I've never had – so there are a couple things. I want to ask you guys if you've had any supernatural experiences or anything like eating tacos on the stump of a witch. Um, but but I but I want to say that I have not. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an atheist. I've never experienced anything supernatural. I, I recognize that there have to be things beyond our limited spectrum of perception. There, there just yeah. have to be. But I've never encountered anything uh, outside of, of what I would consider a nor- unless, it, it, well, except for when like the professor came to town with the LSD. I guess that's a different thing. But <laughs> yeah. outside outside of those experiences, I've never had like anything outside of the you know normal realm of perception. And this movie kind of made me want to like go to places that are known for being haunted or having supernatural and just like exploring them, spending the night there and just like seeing if, if there, you know, if there are any experiences out there like that. Um, right. Right. But, uh, so I, I don't, I work for a, a history museum. Um, and a good start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we have a house on our property that was built in the early 1800s. And one of the things that we do is, dinners for people people can come and like help prepare a meal and have their dinner and i've worked those events before and one of the things that we have to do to clean up so it's a two-story house um with federalist style architecture so it's just like straight up there's no like big second floor 
Um, so we don't open the second floor during the, the dinners, but we do have like fake candles in the windows of the second floor to make it look like there's people in there. And they're just like little battery powered candles. Uh-huh. So one of the things that we had to do to close was it's dark, go up to the second floor of this house, take out the, the battery candle from the little candle holder, turn off the thing on the bottom and put it on its side on the windowsill. It was so creepy, so spooky going up into this house. And like, I don't, I'm like you, Corey, like I'm an atheist. I don't really believe in that, but it still feels really weird. Right. But one night I went up, took the candles out. I, I remember doing this, took both candles out of their candle holders, turned them off, put them on their side. Uh, and went downstairs, helped clean up. And then when we left the house, I looked up through the window and one of the candles was on and in the candle holder. <laughs> nice. And I was like, nope, not going back in there. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah, that's a good like, one. Fine. I'll just, I'll replace the battery tomorrow. That's a good, that's good. Yeah. 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 I think, I think a lot of it is like, uh, when something happens in your peripheral and things like that, your brain tries to fill in the closest thing, right? Because mm-hmm. like, um, uh, we've got a, a like a, a shower caddy right. in the uh, bathroom just off our bedroom, and it's held up by a suction cup. And the other night, that suction cup gave out, <laughs> and that whole thing fell into the fiberglass shower stall. It was so loud. And my brain immediately went, the house is collapsing. <laughs> right. Like, like it's just, so when I was in uh, my first years of college, I went to this two year school down in North Carolina that uh, it's, it's super old. And in the civil war, it was, uh, uh, I can't think of the word. It, it was turned into a hospital mm-hmm. and um, the, building that my dorm room was in um there's a building parallel to it so if i looked out my window i'm looking across into a window of that room right uh, i'm on the third floor that building also has three floors but dorms are only on the first two the top part is locked off and it's where all that uh those beds are still stored and all that uh and, and nobody goes in there. Right. So I already know this. Um, one night I'm getting ready to go out and my mirror is in front of me here next to the window. And so out of my peripheral, I saw something move across, uh, across the way. And I turned and just kind of glanced and then, immediately snapped back, like did a double take. But that first time I glanced over, I saw something in there and my brain tells me that it was a man in a gray uniform. Mm -hmm. So I'm like you guys, I don't believe in this stuff, but, but the fact that my brain jumped to, well, what could it be? Well, there's Confederate beds (laughs) over there. Right. (laughs) uh, And it's probably haunted. So it must be right. Yeah. Obviously a Confederate soldier. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't sleep that night. Right. No. Yeah, no. Our brains are just so like hardwired to make a connection like that. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's and that's with every because your because your brain, you know, does so much filling in. I mean, even like your vision, right? Because you only have a tiny spot of focus wherever you're looking, 
And everything else outside of that point is totally out of focus. But your brain is like constantly doing the work of like telling you what's in your periphery, even though it's like wildly jumbled. <laughs> like you can't really right, see it. Right. You know? <laughs> and the stuff out there is in grayscale too. Right. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. It is. You yeah. Should get, you should get your eyes checked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. Well, now because I read a little bit about the 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 real incident, right? And and there's a lot of. Uh, I guess one of the daughters, Andrea Peron or Peron, whatever her name is, she talked about it a lot afterwards. Okay. And when she was older and some of the differences, you know, and there was one thing I, I like, I kind of want to see another movie where, because they said the mom, Carolyn, who was she, so she was a natural historian. So like that was part, that was her background. But so she started wearing old timey clothing and using archaic language, which, you know, on one hand it's like, whoa, that's creepy. That seems like a possessed person. On the other hand, she was a historian. So yeah. like, right. you know, so there's, there's something there, but, I, but I almost in hearing the daughter talk about it, I almost would like to see a version of this movie and this isn't really my headcanon. Maybe it's headcanon adjacent, but I'd like to see a version of this movie where it's not the overt haunting where there are things slamming and things moving. And there's like, obviously it goes, I want to see a, a, a version of this movie and maybe one exists. I don't know if you guys can think of one, but where like the mom just starts acting fucking weird and starts yeah. starts like dressing like somebody in the 1800s and using that kind of and like and you don't know if she's and the kids are like what the fuck is going on with our mom you know like <laughs> yeah, i feel like that'd be a creepy ass movie <laughs> oh wasn't that like a side a side plot of like fatal attraction <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't remember dressing up like the other like, <laughs> like the other lady i think you're right i don't know it's okay if there's, I, a, there's another movie. But she had like no family to freak out. It was just like, <laughs> she was right. just being super possessed, but no one to be like, you're kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's another movie where, a, where I can't remember what it's called, but there's a, a woman, she's an elderly woman, so like in her 70s and 80s, and her daughter is her caretaker, and she's got early onset dementia and Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. and they're like, mom's acting weird. She starts sleepwalking and things like that, and blah, blah, blah. Turns out she's possessed by a demon, but like all everything that they think of is just a result of like her symptoms of her Alzheimer's, but right. she's actually possessed by a demon. That's cool. That's a cool concept. I like it that. It really is. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great concept. I can't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll find out what that movie is called, but it was on Netflix. I'm sure it still is. Huh. That, I really like that concept. That's, you know, that reminds me of somebody shared on social media, Facebook or Twitter or something, but they were, it's a woman who's like a caregiver for the elderly. And she was like, one thing, you know, in all my training and school or whatever, she was like, one thing they never prepared you for is how old people, like as they're getting dementia and their minds are kind of slipping away is how they'll like just casually admit to like brutal murder or like other and she said like as a specific example she said there was this one this one old lady that she was caring for and she was just like talking one day about how there was a, a little uh I, I assume this would have been right around the time of desegregation or, or somewhere around there but there was a little black girl that had shoes or earrings something she envied so she made an allegation against the girl's brother and 
he was he was murdered. They he the kid he was like fucking murdered, and the woman the woman looked into it. She was because she like found out where the woman lived, where she came from, and she was like, "Yeah, there are news clippings about this boy, and it's like I I have to believe it's the same kid what? this woman's talking about." Oh my about. god! Yeah, yeah. That's in, that's insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. how many people are just walking around in our day to day lives? Keeping stuff like that inside. Oh, I think about that all the time. I think yeah. about like how many, like I go to the grocery store and I'm like, how many of you have killed someone either on purpose <laughs> yeah. or accidental? Okay. But you like, just, you, killed like but, that. but you demand it out loud. You're like, listen, I need to know right now. <laughs> Raise your hand if yeah. you have murdered somebody. Yeah. Never have I, I ever. as a kid wanting that superpower like asking yeah. a group of a, a question and then like it popping up like above their heads oh. almost like oh kind, kind of kind of like Ooh, yeah, uh, yeah. or like I like, like that. or like Bruce Willis in Unbreakable right cuz he oh, has, yeah. he can just touch people oh, okay. and yeah. kind of yeah, know yeah just that, that brief touch mhm yeah. yeah yeah see i've never like uh, i've always been pretty uh, pretty on board with like okay it's a coincidence when like something creepy happens to me and, like, I think, like, a part of it is that, like, I don't feel like I'm special enough <laughs> for, like, someone to, like, do something terrible, like, a ghost to appear or something like that in my house or something. <laughs> yeah, like, why like, would it be me? Yeah, like, the other day, like, yeah. <laughs> why would you have that? Right. Would you yeah, you know me? what? People people might complain about being haunted and possessed, but really they need, like, yeah. just appreciate the fact that you're special, right? That, yeah, that, you, like, got, you got demon... chosen out of billions of people. You got chosen to be possessed. Right, yeah. The demon... You're like that mom, the mom in The Conjuring, who, like, gets possessed by the one, like, domestic violence demon. Right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Bathsheba. Oh, my gosh. And, like, she's, like, throwing her kids around and picking them up by the hair. Yeah. <laughs> like, getting, like, bruises randomly here and there. Oh, like, it's yeah. so weird. Oh, my God. And that's the... the when, <laughs> when she gets her first bruise and the dad was just... The husband was just like, speaking of throwing around, did I hurt you last night? Right. And I was like, right. No, she was like, look what you did to me. And he was like, no, I didn't. I didn't give you like a bruise on your shin. They're just a weird, crazy monkey sex that we have. Right, right. Right. In the first night of their new house, like yeah. the first thing they did is just have aggressive sex. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and the exactly. kids their shit out of this crazy place. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and the kids like, the kids are like, "Mommy, Daddy, I heard like that somebody was banging on my ceiling all night," and they're like, "It's, it's <laughs> no, fine." by the lake. This could have happened because when um, the mom was hearing things and she's like walking down the hall and every picture falls off the wall mm -hmm. nobody else wakes up right that's yeah. like everybody slept sound through that and then there's like knocking going on and all this and the only person who hears anything is dad when he drives up in his rig right yeah <laughs> yeah I don't, think that, I don't think that's my head cannon but that would be really funny if all of the sounds and stuff that were happening at night was just mom and dad like going yeah. at it and the kids are just like mom there's that stuff happening they're like must be ghosts, must be ghosts. right or that's everything else in the movie is an elaborate scheme right you know what? Rough sex. <laughs> that's i that's i want to see that exorcism movie where like it, it's the parents and then they have a couple grown children like 19 20 year old who are who are like maybe there so when the parents hear things it's like them having sex with their significant other so like everybody right. thinks the house is 
you know, so they bring in an exorcist and he's like, no, you get, you have a case of the horny. Like that's yeah, all, yeah. that's all it is. <laughs> you have a 19. Right. Like he pulls up on his computer. Right. Yeah. Like, 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 like the pictures that were taken with him and like, when like the temperature drops or whatever, and it's just yeah. them like doing it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. And, and the, the priest is like, I'm going to have to keep these for study. You know, study. You know. you're like, oh. I, I keep it cold in the room. That's my, my boner. <laughs> oh, man. That's a the sexorcist yeah. coming next fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. That's the title. <laughs> That's right. But there was uh, one. Uh, hey, this little doll hung itself off my wiener. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you do have them. I think Halloween Kills is about to come out soon, right? The new yes. Halloween movie. Right, right. Yeah. Which right. That's a great franchise too. And I know people don't like as as soon as they the after the Rob Zombie one that came out and like God, what was that like two thousand and five or something? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. and think then he... everything after that, people were like stupid. But I yeah. love it. I think Mike Mike my Michael Myers is one of the best scary people yeah it's well yeah. he's he's kind of the the og of the slasher movie right yeah. i mean he's you know predates uh, well i don't know when texas chainsaw massacre came out but like he definitely he predate predates you know jason and freddy and uh yeah. Chucky. you know he was that well, it was like 70 i think it was like 76 or something the first halloween movie came out yeah i think you're right yeah, yeah. god yeah and, and and at the time nobody knew like this is going to spawn so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not as good as the Conjuring franchise. <laughs> <laughs> no. Which, uh, apparently, um, that m- movie uh, was, uh, up until the last minute, supposed to be called The Warren Files. Oh, yeah, I heard I that. that. That's that's what really? the director That's what the yeah. director wanted it to be Does called? Does anyone know the... Um, the timeline of the movies only I say this because I purposely have not seen the other ones. I think I saw the nun or something like that. I think that's part of it, but I purposely didn't look at the timeline because I didn't want to, I didn't want to get confused by the storyline. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I, they're all jumbled up. I know that there are, yeah. there are two Annabelle movies I think that are prequels. So it's like where the doll came from. And then yes. I, th- I think it's conjuring one, two and three, but, but also in between those movies, there's like maybe an Annabelle and about maybe a yeah. nun, maybe La Llorona, La, La Llorona. I, I actually think La Llorona takes place in the 80s, okay. like late 70s. Or I think That's that right. might be like the most recent yeah. one. Hey, yeah. I, I've said this on the podcast before, but my wife is from New Mexico. Uh-huh. And that was, that was a real deal fucking like urban legend that she was taught. 
La Llorona is called the Ditch Witch. And it was based on, you know, in Terminator, I've said this before, I'm sorry. Okay. In Terminator 2, John Connor gets chased by the Terminator in that, like, ditch, in that, like, yeah. Um, yeah. causeway or whatever that's called. Yeah, yeah. So they have those in New Mexico, man, and those are right next to big mountains. And big flash floods would happen where water would just rush down these mountains and flood this stuff where kids were, like, would play in this thing. And they would get washed wow. away. Like, very quickly. And so they were taught, like, the ditch witch, Lay Lorona is going to come and get you. <laughs> that, well, that's like a real deal. But it's all just a flash. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's a great kind of origin of a, of a you know, folk tale, yeah. you know, urban legend type thing. Or I guess yeah, rural yeah. legend in that in that instance. But, but no, another, another thing I thought was interesting, like, about the real family this happened to. Uh, I guess the dad, Roger, like had a really hard time accepting that there was possession, that there was. So I guess they had a seance and it went badly. The mom had a bad reaction to it. And the dad ended up punching out Ed Warren and and kicked him out. He was like, get the fuck out. I want to see that. He was, like, he was like, we're done. And so after that, the he, they were done with the Warrens. And they did. the family ended up moving, but... They had there had grown such a distance between the dad and the rest of the family because he wouldn't believe them that they eventually got divorced and like split up uh, because because of all of this stuff, you know. Wow. But the movie made it seem like, oh, they the Warrens like tied their family back together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Got to have that happy ending. (laughs) What was the name? The last name of the demonologist people? Warren. The guy from the Watcher. What? Warren. Warren. Those were the Warrens, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys think it was weird that they had a kid and then also had their basement with all the stuff in it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like she's, like, yeah. walking around, and he, <laughs> he's like, don't go into Daddy's scary haunted basement. Right. Like that's in the very first scene. Like, right. she's just touching stuff. Right. Did you touch anything? We told you never to go in here. Yeah. We yeah, it, it reminded me of, it reminded me of uh, Cabin in the Woods, where they, like, go, they find all that stuff in the basement, and yeah. whatever yep. they touch is, like, what... It was, very, it was kind of a similar, like, like parallel to that. I thought it was cool. And, and very Indiana Jonesy as well. Man. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, that museum, I'm going to, it's, it's a, not a museum. Right. It's not accredited with the American Alliance Museum. <laughs> um, Those snobs. Right. But um, the guy from Ghost Hunter, Zach Bagans, is trying to get his hands on all of those things since Elizabeth Warren died. And one of the things oh, sorry. that Elizabeth I'm Warren sorry. said... I'm sorry. L- Lorraine Warren. Elizabeth Warren is still alive. <laughs> Lorraine... Lorraine Warren. Just if any of our listeners <laughs> are like, wait, what? What the fuck? Oh my god. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren is a ghost hunter. <laughs> You know, I, yeah, I think we 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 may there may be some zombies uh, in in the Senate, but I, I don't know that she's one of them. So. Oh my god! Whoops, sorry, Lorraine Warren. But one of the things that Lorraine Warren said before she died was just like Zach Bagans does not get any of this. Really? So she, like wow, he's he's a fraud. I mean, it's all kind of garbage. But he feeds off of people who like super duper believe in it, and he makes so much money. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> well, I've been trying to get all of that stuff, like <laughs> the Annabelle doll, um, everything, everything that's in there. Did you Did you see anything about the actual Annabelle doll? Did you? 
Um, it's but yes, it's more like a. She looks more like a Raggedy Ann doll, it right? Is, it is a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, that's right. Really? Which yeah, which I thought was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, but, but just, for the movie, they make it look super creepy. Yeah, right. But uh, so I was like, I would love to see an Annabelle movie where it's just a Raggedy Ann doll with her like yarn hair, you know, like yeah, <laughs> looking really sweet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's kind of Chucky, but if eventually he, you know, he looks pretty creepy too. But, yeah, true. Yeah, true. it's just a raggedy hand doll. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> but Brent, are you with us? He looks like he might be frozen over there. Oh, he rejoined. So. Oh no! Oh. I had to come back on my cell phone. Sorry. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, the the other thing I wanted to talk about before, and then we can get jump into head cannons. We're kind of running into up against the time here. Um, yeah, yeah. But like you, you know, you mentioned Kelsey that the, you know, the. This franchise is huge. They they've made a ton of movies, like ten movies or something, and they're still making more. And but it's funny. So this guy, the director James Wan, who also went on to direct Aquaman and, and other stuff, right? But right. so so he kicked this off. He started out the Conjuring franchise. He also directed the first one or th- maybe the first two Insidious movies. So he kicked off the Insidious franchise. He also directed the first Saw movie. So he kicked off the Saw franchise. So like, what? yeah. So like this fucking guy, he's, if you want to create a whole, a massive horror franchise, fucking James Wan is the guy to do it. Apparently. I had no idea that he did Saw. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also Furious 7. So. Uh, <laughs> right, 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 right. But he yeah. jumped into somebody else's franchise. Yeah. 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 Stopped right in the middle of it there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Well, before we jump into head cannons, was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Anything else you wanted to bring up about this movie? It's just so good, and sure. uh, like Patrick Wilson is so good, and he is so much better looking than the original Ed Warren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ed Warren looks like if John Belushi was in multiple car accidents. <laughs> John, and and not not John Belushi of the past, John Belushi currently. Was yeah, in multiple right, 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 right. <laughs> Yeah, and that's and that's yeah. Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga, uh, was there yep. Lily Taylor, and and even Ron Livingston. Like, what a great cast! I mean, they were all yeah. just phenomenal. You know. Yeah, for real. They were so they good. Really did a nice job picking all those. Yeah. Did this come out after um, Watchmen? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He so he must have like. I wonder if like he was picked for this movie because of his work in Watchmen. Maybe. That was like 2008 or 9. Well, here, let me look. I don't know if if Insidious came out first or if this came out first. Because, hold on. Insidious. Oh, it came out in 2010. You know what? So he worked with James Wan on it. They've done a lot of stuff. He was in Insidious with James Wan. He was also in Aquaman. So actually, I think they just have a good working oh, relationship. Of course. So. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that he played um, the br- brother. Orin. Orin. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Not 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 Aquaman. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they must just like working together, I guess. Like together. So. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But, uh, all right, well, let's jump into headcanons. Do you guys want to – do you have one or I can go first, however you guys want to do it? Uh, oh, kick us off. Yeah, you go first, man. Okay. Uh, this is just kind of a, a, a silly headcanon. I – there's a part 
when the Warrens first come to help them and they bring the cop and they bring that, I don't know what, he's like an intern from the university or whatever he is. And there, there's a little montage where they're like setting up cameras and they're setting up like the bells on all the doors and all this stuff, right? And I just... Can I stop you there for a second? Yes, please. That the, the university was so fucking trusting with them. Like, they, how much money did all that stuff cost where they're like blowing it on? Like, <laughs> right. Like, like, all the state-of-the-art yeah, yeah. equipment. Like, they were using UV lights before anybody <laughs> knew what a UV light was. Right. Right, yeah. Well before anybody was going to a rave, right? Like, yes, <laughs> yes. Or someone's weird-smelling dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah but so okay, oh but so, so there's like a, a little montage where they're setting up all these all this stuff right and i just imagine i want to see a movie where uh kevin McAllister's family moves into a haunted house and he's left there alone <laughs> and so there's a montage where he's like setting up all these booby traps for the ghosts who are haunting his house and that's so that's what i want to see i want to see a haunting in the home alone universe <laughs> I'm right there with you. I would love to see that. Um, that's kind of very similar to my head canon. Okay. Because I'm tying together this Conjuring movie. And uh, so instead of there being a daughter of the, the Warren's daughter, whose name was, uh, I can't remember what her name was. Yeah, they, they had like 30, 37 daughters, roughly, I think. No, right. no, the, 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 the daughter of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh, Judy. Judy. Judy, that's right. Judy, Judy. Instead of Judy, um, it's actually, um, uh, oh fuck, what's his face? Um, uh, it's the guy from Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, Bill Murray? No. Rick Moranis? Lewis? Lewis? Rick Moranis? It's Rick Moranis! <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> yeah. So it's tying those two. <laughs> together those two movies together that's all i love yeah i i do like yeah if, if they're if he had like was a kid raised by the warrens and then he grows up and he's like i'm done with all this ghost stuff i'm just moving to new york city and then he like ends up running into the ghostbusters yeah and he's like, <laughs> damn it right 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 <laughs> i'm just trying to have a party fuck i just I, yeah i got a i got a super hot neighbor and she's her refrigerator's haunted. Right. And then like their parents, like the the Warrens come over to be like, "Hi, honey, how's your apartment?" And they come over and. Right, and they're they're like trying to put in a good word with him. They're like, "Oh, you know, our boy graduated top of his class." I'm like, "Mom, come on." Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my headcanon is pushing those two. Those those exist in the same universe. Nice. I like that a lot. Uh, <laughs> Mine would be that uh, uh, Roger, mm-hmm. um, the dad. Yeah, the dad. Uh, much like in real life, uh, things did not end well after the movie. Mm-hmm. Like we we saw something very nice at the end, but then afterward, things went bad. He had PTSD. This screwed him up right. really bad. A lot of trauma there. And so when when he and um, Carolyn. Carolyn split. He moved off on his own and just buried himself in the corporate world. Damn it! For Inatech. <laughs> Changed his name to Peter. Yeah. <laughs> My fucking head cannon. Was that oh, yours? <laughs> <laughs> with his with his coworker Michael Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Brent just making the wildest faces right now. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Uh, okay, we can also go backward. Uh, uh, before they even met, uh, Carolyn had been Lloyd Dobler's friend. <laughs> So yeah. she, she grew up playing guitar, yeah. crushing hard on John Cusack. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh fuck. Well, <sighs> Brent, do you have any? Do you have anything else, or is your head cannon ruined? <laughs> it's pretty much the exact same. But then I thought of a name. I thought of a name for the sequel. Oh yes, Office Demon from Space. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> It was the exact uh-huh. same movie, I promise. Oh, that's so good. Oh, and that's why... <laughs> that's I love that Office Space is now part of this universe. Yeah. Well, and that's why, like, and the haunted object in the office is the stapler. That's why the guy's like, have yes, you seen my yes. stapler? Because it's always moving around, right? <laughs> or is it is it that, or is it the printer, and, the, like, the printer's haunted, and then, like destroying the printer right. is getting rid of the demon that's inside of it. Yeah. That was part of mine as well, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah they um, destroyed yeah. the vessel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said it was, um, hey, uh, um, it was because they divorced after The Conjuring and he moves <laughs> to the city and enters into an all-day um, all day job to be possessed by a copy machine that turns him into a nihilist. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> It leads into a new Insidious sequel, Office Demon from Space. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love that you guys have like the exact same headcanon. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm honored to share a head with you, my friend. <laughs> Me too, buddy. Oh, that was amazing. So good. I loved it. <laughs> nice. I loved it. Next week's episode is our exclusive interview with actor Jeremy London. So we won't be covering any one movie specifically, But we will be talking about his body of work, what he's up to now, as well as some of his best well-known work from the past, Babysitter, Mall Rats, Party of Five, Seventh Heaven. So make sure to check that out. And as always, you can follow us on social media, Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon, Instagram at Pod, and then we're on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod, and the subreddit r slash horror movie pod well Mookie uh, uh, Kelsey is there anything before we wrap up is there anything else you guys want to add or direct people to or plug or you know anything at all before we, we wrap up I can't think of anything no, no I don't have any new movies coming out or anything no, that I need to plug no, no. not any movies <laughs> yeah uh, still not working not at the stand up in any improv choice but Kelsey's about to be in a production of Elf oh yeah I'm in Elf the musical nice yeah, our first rehearsal it's like Welcome to Christmas in October. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that yeah. Where's that going to be at? It's at Civic Theater in Carmel. Okay. Uh, nice. We open December 4th. Nice. That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Who Who are you playing? I'm playing the character of Matthews, which was originally written for a, a dude, but they wanted to have more women in it. <laughs> uh, so it's one of the people who work in the office with, like, uh, Buddy's dad, like the, the the book company, the children's book company, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the okay. people of New York. So is it because I know there's a there's like is it Andy Richter and Kyle Gass are a couple of the guys in the movie? Yes, I think I'm Kyle Gass. Okay. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice, not bad at all. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, you know what? I will plug something. Uh, uh, I just performed my first wedding ceremony uh, a couple of weeks ago, a week ago. And uh, uh, so I'm ordained and available for exorcisms. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, is that all it that takes? That's all it takes. Nice. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. 30 bucks online. Boom. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all. Uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been great seeing yeah. you guys, talking to you guys. And uh, so this has been Head Cannon. Yeah! Oh,